This episode of Pop Punk and Pizza is sponsored by the Dave Gomez Benefit Compilation, which is out now. You can get your copy at davegomezbenefitcomp.bandcamp.com. Now, who is Dave Gomez? Well, Dave Gomez is a veteran to the Chicago pop punk scene who was recently diagnosed with cancer, and a bunch of Chicagoland area bands got together, and they said, you know what, we want to do something for our friend Dave. So they decided to put out this compilation uh, covering some of Dave's favorite songs. And there are some pretty well-known musicians on here, including Tim Rogner of Alistair. He does an acoustic version of Alistair's song Race Cars. Cause I know the life is like a race car speeding down this one-way street that I'll go anywhere that feels like heaven down this one-way street cause I know everything A clip of Race Cars by Tim Rogner of Alistair. You'll hear the song in full at the end of this episode. That's all a part, or that song is a part of many other songs on the Dave Gomez Benefit Comp, which is available now at davegomezbenefitcomp.bandcamp.com. You can either get a digital version or you can actually get the CD version as well. And all proceeds go to Dave Gomez and his fight against cancer. I'm going out, I gotta go I'll bang a ring on the radio So turn it up, I'm telling you I think I'm ready for something new Hey, hello, it's nice to meet ya Hey, come in and have a slice of pizza Hey, hello, it's nice to meet ya Hey, come in and have a slice of pizza You're listening to Pop Pumpkin Pizza with Jacques Lamore. Yo, what up? Welcome to Pop Punk and Pizza. I'm Jacques Lamour, your host. It's Thursday, almost till the weekend, at least when this episode's being released. It's uh, March 25th. Uh, speaking of it almost being the weekend, tomorrow, March 26th, I have some important podcast news to announce to you about Pop Punk and Pizza, of course. So if uh, you want to find out what that news is going to be, make sure you follow our uh, social media accounts, which is Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. They're all at Pop Punk Pizza Pod. Or you can even just sign up for our mailing list, um, which you can find at poppunkpizzapod.com. Got some changes coming to the podcast that I'm pretty stoked about, and um, I'm hoping that you'll be pretty stoked on it too. So thank you for the love and support there. So let's get to our uh, guest today. We're talking to Radom, who is the frontman of New York-based pop punk band called What Makes Sense. Uh, I actually talked to Radom three weeks ago, two weeks ago. I lost track. Um, But uh, I talked to him on his podcast. Uh, What Makes Sense has their own podcast called Nonsense Podcast. And uh, Radham was kind enough to have me on as a guest, which I am very, very grateful for. We had a a great time chatting about Green Day and also diving into more behind-the-scenes stuff on Pop Punk and Pizza. So if you want to check out that episode, just uh, look up Nonsense Podcast and you'll find it. But on this episode, uh, obviously the roles are reversed. I'm interviewing Radham. And we ended up talking about a lot, uh, a lot of uh, Hollywood classic movies, because it turns out we're both really in to old black and white films. And anytime I meet someone else who's into old black and white films, I get all geeky (laughs) about it. And I get a little nerdy and I can't help but talk to someone else about it, because it's not too often that I find someone else who's interested in a classic Hollywood movies, uh, like old Hitchcock films and things like that. So there's a lot of classic Hollywood movie talk on this episode, and I really hope you enjoy that. Um, and actually, it ties in well to What Makes Sense and their most recent single, which is Groundhog Day. And it is loosely based on the famous Bill Murray movie from the 90s, Groundhog Day. And we do talk about how those two tie in together on uh, this episode. So let's get to it. Radom of what makes sense. For what it's worth, I don't carry me. I let go. Moved on about better days. I'm not bad. I'm not sad. I'm not glad. I'm just on to a new day. And it's looking so much 
We're just gonna be midway through this. Start singing "Let It Die." Why'd you have to go and let it die? <laughs> oh, he's so good at just. He takes those little phrases and just repeats them and and he, hooks them in with a melody, and it just it's stuck in your head all the time. He's just good at everything he does. Like, yeah. Right. He, yeah. Because then you get it's, it's great. Right, and you got drums, you know, and what uh, what can't Dave Grohl do? I had like a really dark joke come to mind. I'm just not gonna say. <laughs> oh no! Now you gotta say it. <laughs> you gotta say it now. I was gonna say, uh, uh, save Nirvana. Save. <laughs> oh man. Well, you know, I mean, we all know how that ended. Yeah. So. But, but it seems when he tries to save other bands, he fails. Nirvana, Led Zeppelin, he failed with. He got close with Led Zeppelin, but he failed. What happened with Led Zeppelin? He got pretty much everyone in to do a Led Zeppelin uh, reunion, except for uh, Rob Plant. Really? Yep. See, I don't know everything Dave Grohl, so I, I did not realize that. I stalked what? the show for a while, and I was like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna learn what Dave Grohl does to be Dave Grohl. I mean, I don't blame you for doing that. I think most of the things I know about Dave Grohl just stem from doing, uh, or or just watching the the headlines, you know, because f- f- probably well, not really the last year too much, just because of COVID. But especially right. when they were on tour, you'd always see. Dave Grohl come up, especially when he had the broken leg and, you know, still playing the shows and all that shit, you know, so he's just he's just the greatest human. Yeah, he really yeah. is. His coffee, um, his coffee jokes or uh, videos are fantastic. Like the Fresh Pots one and the the one where it's like a, a drug to get off a of coffee addiction. Well, you it know? only yeah, it only makes sense because he actually OD'd on coffee. Yeah, he's just got a great sense of humor about it. Yeah. I think, wasn't that during the recording of one of their records? I think it was, like, not the last one I did, the one before it. Okay. I thought it was a lot longer ago than that. But, again, I'm <laughs> no expert on Dave Grohl. It could be. Here I am sounding like one, and then, like, not some, like, expert Dave Grohl. Like, it's going to have me, like, this guy's fucking fake. <laughs> this guy doesn't know what the fuck he's talking about. <laughs> this Radom dude. It's so strange. Like, this is the second time we've done this within, like, kind of a short span, except now you're on my show and before I was on your show. So it's almost like it's becoming a regular thing. <laughs> I mean, I'm okay with that because we have great <laughs> conversations. I was going to say, gonna let, we're just going to let people pick, like, who's a better host. <laughs> we could do We could do a vote. We could do a poll for, uh, for this episode. Be like, okay, so if you listen to the nonsense podcast and you heard Radham do his hosting and now you listen to Pop Punk and Pizza and Jacques is the host, who is the better, <laughs> you know? Who did what better? Who did what better, yeah. Um, I'm probably going to be a better guest than host because I don't think things through. I just say things. Mm-hmm. So I'll probably be a better, I'll probably be a better guest. I Not mean, you, I mean, just like better, I'll be a better yeah, guest than I am a host. I, I get what you're saying. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. They're both, um, they can both be kind of daunting. It just all depends on how you're feeling at that moment. You know? Um, That's true. Very true. Or that's why I guess that's one of the many things. But um, no, I thought you were a great host, man. I had a lot of fun on the Nonsense Podcast. So so thanks Glad for that. It. Yeah. yeah, it was it was a good time. We talked about um, pizza, of course. Obviously. How could we? Not, I think what we, we you asked me about. I think it was like New York style pizza and like Chicago style, right? We did. We did the the stereotypical like who's better pizza question. <laughs> Yeah, and I always have to skate around that one. <laughs> I always have to like kind of tiptoe because I don't want to piss off any listeners, you know. I don't want to lose lose the fans. Um, but well, you know, uh, we fight Boston on sports. We fight you guys on pizza. It's how New York works. <laughs> That's true. That's very true. Um, so Radham, it is. Uh, it's great to have you on the show. Uh, you are, of course, from what makes sense out of New York. And um, Groundhog Day is your latest single, which it's already been out for a month or two at this point, right? I think, what's that, 16? I think today is like exactly like a month and two, two months and two days. Yeah. Something like that. I thought so. 
Um, and it's got a great hook right in the beginning of the song. Um, and of course, like the first thing I think of when I hear Groundhog Day or see Groundhog Day is I think of the movie because it's one of my favorite movies of all time. Hell yeah. <laughs> and, uh, but I'm pretty sure the song itself is maybe referencing towards is it a reference towards the movie where things are just kind of the same over and over again? 100%. Okay. That's so, exactly the idea. So like the, the idea of like the song is like, I use it in terms of breaking out of like a, a, a relationship. So you're breaking out of like a cycle of, Hey, like you can't save everybody. You keep trying and trying and just keep, you keep butting heads and like no one's getting anywhere. Nothing changes. Sometimes the best way to help other people and to help yourself is to break that cycle and start a new day. And in Groundhog Day, the movie, that's what it was. You'd be a better person, find a new day, and finally it broke out of the cycle. So that's why I rolled with Groundhog Day for the title on that one. <laughs> so how, did did you literally like watch this movie and think, huh, this is kind of like the relationship I'm in right now. I'm going to write a song about this, but kind of like loosely tie in the whole concept of Groundhog Day. Like how did that? So I started, so it was, uh, it was a long time friend of mine. We don't talk anymore in, in, uh, for those who know what makes sense is history. I have a pretty, pretty rocky relationship with like family members. It's been most of what the writing is about in general in our songs. And, uh, so I was going through that and I happened to, I wrote, I wrote that out and then I happened to be going through, uh, I love old, I love movies, especially older movies. I love yes. them. I have, yeah, I we were we through, were talking about that. Yeah, I had to be going through and watching. And Groundhog Day came on. I was like, man, this like it's a, one is a cool name, and it really does kind of like sum up what I'm trying to say in the song. Like, yeah, break that cycle. Mm-hmm. And that's how Groundhog Day became the title. I had to fight a little bit because like, why Groundhog Day? I'm like, it's great. <laughs> well, what's so funny about it is that the title it's not a very serious title. And it totally works with the whole pop punk sensibility. Like, right. of course, there's a pop punk song called Groundhog Day. Of course, there is. Like, you know what I mean? It's just like falls perfectly into that. But like the meaning of the song, there's actually a lot more to it. And it's also really interesting to hear talking to writers like yourself, where a lot of times you think specific because this song wasn't necessarily about like a girl, right? Right. No, it wasn't about a girl. It was about like it was more it was just about a failing relationship. And a lot of times I feel like a, a lot of us perceive, oh, okay, well this is obviously it's about a girl. You know what I mean? Like right. a lot of times you don't actually know that, oh, wait, it's actually about something deeper than that. Especially when it comes to pop punk, we automatically think the girl or the guy right. or or you know, whoever it is. So, oh, I got I got a guest who just walked in. <laughs> Hello. Hi. This is my girlfriend. Sorry. Hi, girlfriend. Hi. I'm How sorry. are you? See, we don't write about girls. I have a happy relationship with my girlfriend. Yeah, you don't need to write about girls if you have a happy relationship, unless, of course, you're writing like a romantic song. But uh, she came in know. looking for her slippers. I yeah. I don't. Let's like, find. You yeah. know, I would if if you point the camera around the room, I can try to help. I found yeah. them immediately. They're <laughs> okay. by my feet. <laughs> what, what's what's girlfriend's name? Girlfriend's name is Angelica. Angelica, that's awesome. So, do you hate being called Angie? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I I took a stab in the dark just because he said Angelica and not Angie. When I was born, there's that Rolling Stone song that's called Angie, and my dad called the radio station and dedicated it to me. But he's Aww. like, I hate that name. I just <laughs> like it because it's the only thing I got. <laughs> wow. Interesting. Yeah. Yep. Well, I think it wasn't um, Angelica the name of the girl on Rugrats, right? Yeah. Wasn't it her was name Angelica? <laughs> yeah. I think that's that's usually the first thing that comes to mind when I think of Angelica. I think, I think that's everybody. That's everybody. Yeah, so. or maybe it's just us millennials, probably. That could be it, too. <laughs> <laughs> we were like the ripe age Rugrats. That was our show. Right, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And even if you didn't, like, religiously watch it, you know, you know at least most of the characters' names because you saw it, watched it a little bit. 
Right. So, yeah. I'll leave you guys. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, you're all good. You, you got to go enjoy your iced coffee. At least that's what it looks like. I, I will. I will. Duncan, Duncan for life. I was going to say, it looks like Duncan. Duncan shout out. <laughs> of course, you know what? In your neck of the woods, you probably have the choice between uh, Timmy Horton's too. Uh, I would imagine. No, we're, we're a little too shot for that. Um, oh, really? Okay. Well, yeah, that's right. You're in Albany. We're, 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 I'm even more shot than Albany. We're Poughkeepsie. Oh, you're Poughkeepsie. That's right. Yeah. yeah. So I'm getting get, my getting my my uh, New York cities yeah, mixed up. We get a uh, we get a uh, our Dunks, our Starbucks, and then we have Stewart's Coffee. Okay, Stewart's. There's a couple of farms too, but come on, it's okay. Is Stewart's a chain? Uh, yeah, it's a pretty, it's a predominantly New York chain. I think it's all New York actually. It's like maybe okay. one or two outside of the state. I don't know if I've ever had Stewart's. That doesn't sound familiar. They're not a really big one, but they do make mm-hmm. some fantastic ice cream. Ooh, I, dude, I, <laughs> that's like my, aside from pizza, that's like my next weakness is ice cream. That, yeah, that is my biggest weakness is ice cream. So what is good at Stewart's as far as ice cream goes? Oh man, I haven't gotten any. Old. It's uh, weird they, that they have coffee and ice cream, but I guess that does kind of go. Yeah, together. it's, uh, they do like, they do a little bit of everything, but they have a. I like their milkshakes are really good. They have really good hard, like hard ice cream. Uh huh. Put it in hard milkshakes, scoops. but they yeah. don't. Yeah, I don't, they do like pretty much different ones every season. But uh, their their cookie dough is always a win. Always oh a win. yeah, you I'll can't like, go. I Sorry, like fruity ice creams too. Like I love like black raspberry. They have a pretty good black raspberry one. I'm, I think I've had black raspberry. It's been a long time though. <laughs> I love fruity ice creams. It's one of my favorite. It's just like I feel like it's an extra level, like level of refreshing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, especially if it's mixed with something salty too. Exactly. You know? um, like, there's, I had, I think it was blueberry pie ice cream, and that was super good. That sounds fantastic. It yeah, really yeah, had that a was blueberry ice cream before somewhere else. I haven't had it. They don't have it at Stewart's. Okay. They should know. Yeah, I used to love like strawberry ice cream growing up. It's weird. Was, like, I never liked strawberry ice cream, and. And then as I got older, I started eating like other ice creams, like fruits. And I was like, oh, these are great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. It, it's funny how those things change as you get older. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, okay. So we were, <laughs> we were talking about Groundhog Day. Yeah. Um, and so with Groundhog Day, specifically, you're talking about a friend. And so what happened with this friend, if you don't mind talking about that? It was just a situation where um, it, it was it was kind of a situation where like no matter what we I did or we the group of friends who were involved did it seemed like there was nothing we could ever do to help uh what's the correct term here uh help with their problems if that makes sense so it's like sometimes man it sounds like really shitty the way I'm explaining it <laughs> I'm not, I'm not, no. it's not I mean, well, like you, so the easier way to explain it, I'll take it this friend out of the equation, is that there's everybody, there's these people and there's these relationships that you always try to help, but for whatever reason, it never seems like it's enough. And it eventually starts affecting your mental health, your other relationships, and how you can even help them. And sometimes the best way to fix those situations is for both parties to just go away. There's no bad blood. It's none of this, it's none of that. It's just kind of, we're not good at what we're doing. I mean, you could take it into the world of dating. I mean, people break up. But if you, like, I don't really, I typically, because of like that stereotype of like, oh, you're all right about the ex. I don't try to write about people I've dated. Like, mm-hmm. there's a couple of songs in there I've written about like dating in general. Like, uh, Your Name in Chalk is not specifically one person. It's a few people back when I was dating that kind of like influenced it. But if you look at uh, the Northeast, which is off our EP, uh, Fear and Loathing in the Northeast, this in the song's called the Northeast. Like that's about my grandmother. I don't, I don't, I don't like my grandma. <laughs> but, you don't uh, like your, what happened with <laughs> man? What <laughs> happened with your grandma? Uh, long, long story for another day, I guess. But more of just. <laughs> hey, I understand. You don't. You don't have to get into it. I'm yeah, definitely no, not. The long and short of it is, is just uh, uh, wasn't doesn't play well with others. Ah, gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah, I mean, just because they're family doesn't mean you're going to get along. And that's a message I try to really push. Yeah. We make our own families. You know, Mm -hmm. I have, I have, uh, 
family friends, you know, of my parents or of myself that I've grown up to know over the years, I would call before I called some of my own family members. Yeah. Right. Because you're, you're more comfortable with them or you're closer or, and I mean, sure we, I mean, I definitely have relatives that I'm closer with and others that I'm just kind of like, yeah, we're related, but it's kind of awkward or, you know, we don't really talk much or, you know, that kind of thing. Um, right. Yeah. I don't have any like big divides between any family members or anything like that. But, um, but yeah, it, um, I definitely get what you're saying. Right. And it's, you know, one of the messages I always try to push and I always try to say is like, Hey, family's more than blood in the last name. You know, mm-hmm. it's, it's a lyric that's been floating around shit for years. I don't know if I've put it out yet. I don't think we have, it's coming though. It will. Okay. <laughs> that's that's <laughs> kind of like my view on life in general. Like we build, we build our tribe as someone say. Yeah. No, no, you've got a, got a great point there. So since Groundhog Day is based on the movie Groundhog Day, what is your favorite scene in Groundhog Day? I love when he's in the diner and he just looks over and he's like, I'm a God. <laughs> uh, that's what, I think that's one of the best scenes and it's, it's classic Bill Murray. He's like, I am a God. It's <laughs> true. That it's, is very, very classic Bill Murray. Yeah, that's a great scene. The scene where the, uh, he's driving with the groundhog. He's like, "All right, you can drive. Which, you know, don't drive angry." And they just drive off a cliff. I was reading recently that during the filming, and I'm assuming it's during that scene, he got bit uh, two or three times by the groundhog. Yeah, I'm not um, surprised to hear that at all. And and I'm assuming it's during the scene where he's got he's driving in the truck with the groundhog because there's no other part of the movie where he's that close to the groundhog to where he could get bit. Yeah. So, but yeah, apparently he got, it was, they were so concerned about the bites that he ended up getting rabies shots. Um, wow. I didn't know he, any of that. Yeah. I just kind of learned it the other day, this past Groundhog Day, because almost every year I try to watch Groundhog Day on Groundhog Day. Right. Um, you know, cheesy as hell. Right. But I do it. Um and I had it on VHS up until this last Groundhog Day because the VHS <laughs> took a took a dive. It was it had its uh, it was on its last leg, um, and I I almost couldn't get it out of the VCR because uh, like the the tape the the VCR was like eating the the tape out of the reels or whatever. Right. I'm, sh- I'm sure you you experienced that. You know, probably a long ass time ago, because I'm probably the last person on the planet that still has a VCR. I don't have any VCRs <laughs> left, but I did. I do remember exactly what you're talking about, because <laughs> one of my favorite movies died that way. So yeah, see exactly. But um, but anyway, um, yeah. So I was I was looking up some things about the film, some interesting facts, and and that was one of them. I'm trying to remember what else. There was something else that was interesting, but um, I think the Ned Ryerson scenes are some of my favorites. Yeah. Because <laughs> we all have that person we went to high school with or whatever, and we try to avoid them in public if we see them. We're like, oh, shit. Like, I don't want to see this guy because he's going to yeah. be like, hey. You know, I want you to buy this and I'm doing this now. You should totally buy my thing or, you know, whatever, whatever it is. And so the whole Ned Ryerson thing is just great. I think one of my favorite facts about the movie, too, is that they were doing the math of like how long he was in the loop for. Mm-hmm. There's no they they don't really have like a definitive, but it's anywhere between 10 and 30 years. He was going through the loop. Seriously? Yeah. Wow. That's crazy. I don't remember yeah. who wrote the screenplay for that. And I'm sure it's probably based on a book like everything else is. Yeah. But I do know that it's... Um, oh, wow. Now I'm going to forget his name. Um, uh, the director's name. I'm forgetting his name all of a sudden. Oh, man. I don't even know um, the director's name. I don't I'm going to have to look that up now because... Um, Harold Ramis, there we go. Uh, Harold Ramis was the... Was that Harold Ramis? Yeah, it was Harold Ramis. Um, right, it is. I'm, I'm mixing up my movies. And I guess... I know, I know look, too many. <laughs> I was going to say, yeah. And I guess... Okay, it says he actually wrote it with 
someone else. So, um, which I guess isn't surprising, but I don't know. I, I just have a soft spot for that movie. I think, I mean, that's my favorite Bill Murray movie. And I think it's one of his best, you know? Yeah, no, it's a great, it's a very, very good Bill Murray movie. I, mm-hmm. I, I don't know. Is it my favorite? That's a good question too. I'm a big fan of, uh, Steve Zizou, Life Aquatic. I have still never seen Life Aquatic. It's a very different Bill Murray role, but it's a very good Bill Murray role. Yeah, a lot of his movies around that time, like Lost in Translation and all that, those were very different, in my opinion. They were kind of weird, you know? It's still funny in a way, because he's not... He's not, like, slapsticky funny. He's, like, sarcastic funny throughout the entire movie. It's just... It's really good. Mm Mm-hmm. Another movie I just never really got super into was what Scrooged. I just never could get into that one. Too yeah, deep. I watched it a few times and I was like, eh, it's, it's not for me. Yeah. I, I guess that one is also kind of weird. You know? Yeah. It's like a weird take. That's the one. Well, obviously, Scrooge. Right. Weird take on uh, Christmas, Christmas Story. <laughs> yeah. So since we're on the topic of movies, I know when you had me on the Nonsense podcast, um, I think it was like I... I was spying like your movie posters and I'm trying to think of, I think it was a Hitchcock uh, movie poster that I spied in the background, which right above my mic right there. Was it, um, nor was it Northwest by what's that movie called? North by Northwest. North by Northwest. Wrong movie. Okay. (laughs) uh, It is Cary Grant. Oh, to catch a thief. Right. Yep. Okay, yes. Okay, now I remember. I knew it was a Cary Grant movie. Yeah. <laughs> I just yeah, yeah. couldn't remember which one it was. Um, so what's where did uh where did you get interest in older films like that? My mother. That 100% my mother. Um she likes older movies and stuff. Like I remember being a little kid downstairs watching uh you know, the the end of a Philadelphia story with her, which is Cary Grant and uh, Cary Grant, James Stewart and Catherine Hepburn, just all star study cast for the time. Yeah. And uh, for years and years, we've had hanging in the house. She has, you know, Breakfast and Tiffany's poster hanging. She has an It's a Wonderful Life poster hanging. Now, with my love for her, there's even more of them hanging throughout the house. But uh, she got me watching all these old movies and I just I love them. I love even the campy ones, I love it. It's just, they're so fun to watch because it's all based around the acting. Whether they mm-hmm. overact or whether it's just right on acting, it's all based around the acting because of how limited they were with sets and all that stuff. And I just, the great movies. Yeah, and and so even some of the stuff going back to that era, some of the stuff that they were able to pull off with special effects was still pretty cool. I mean, yeah. when you obviously when you look at it now, you're like, oh, wow, like... If that was fake or whatever but for the time considering like you're like oh that's that's actually pretty decent like you know they they had to physically make those special effects which is just so and that went for like everything they had to yeah. physically make <laughs> make these things you know? and black and white especially on film it was so hard to shoot because like the, the lighting and everything mattered so much mm-hmm. yeah um so what i mean so what are your, do you have like an all time, do you have like a top five or a top 10 of, of like, or, or a partial of like older partial, movies or like yeah, just, are you partial you know, to certain actors or definitely like he, uh, Cary Grant. I love Cary Grant. He's great, great actor. I love watching his acting. Uh, big James Stewart fan, Humphrey Bogart, obviously three of the biggest male stars ever lived. Right there. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> yeah. I liked, uh, I like, uh, what's his name? It's on the wall behind me. Let me check on. William Holden was always a fun one to watch. Yes. I love William Holden. I have a couple of his movies. Yeah. Um, right. It's really like right in line behind me. I have Sunset Boulevard hanging. That's a good one. I've got that movie. Um, I don't have a poster, but I've got the movie. Um, I recently recommended that to, uh, uh, to a guest that was on the the podcast and she was talking about how um she had wanted to like get into watching some older movies and that was i sent her like f- i think four or five movies to start with and that was one yeah. of them because i was trying to think of 
I second your notion to whoever that was. If you're listening, <laughs> I second Jacques' notion. That was uh, it was Haley Kane from Haley and the Crushers. Well, Haley from Haley and the Crushers. <laughs> watch Sunset Boulevard. I'm gonna add one in there for you to watch too. She okay. messaged. So she messaged. She uh, she messaged me on Facebook the other night, and she was starting the list. And I think the first one on the list I gave her was the apartment, and um, that was the one she was starting with. And she yeah. said she loved it so far. Um, have you seen the apartment? I don't think I have. That is a great one. That's another like award winning movie. It's from uh, 1960 yep. with uh, Jack Lemon and Fred McMurray, who's actually was born in my hometown, which is kind of funny yeah. in, in Illinois. <laughs> um, and then um, I don't know why I'm forgetting. Shirley, Shirley MacLaine. Yeah, Shirley. Oh, MacLaine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's funny how you got a Mac Murray and a MacLean or McLean and, <laughs> you know, you got these mix both in the movie, but that is such a, a great movie that just aged so well. Yeah. Um, cause there's so many of those older films you watch and you're like, eh, I feel like this didn't age too well, you know? Yeah. Um, Cary Grant but- has got a lot of them where just, you watch like any Cary Grant movie or any James Stewart movie and they age well because they age well. Like mm-hmm. they're still popular. Right. Yeah. You know, it's like James Dean. Like James Dean's movies age well because James Dean was so popular. You know, as much as I have been into classic films, I still have never seen a James Dean movie. I took me a while because like everybody's like, you gotta watch James Dean. You gotta watch James Dean. I was like, calm down. I'll, I'll get there when I get there. But uh, I did watch Rebel Without a Cause and I watched East of Eden. He, he really was such an amazing actor. He really was, especially for how young he was. He was so good. I and think he, that he would have been huge if he didn't unfortunately die. Right. And I think I, that was the same. That's probably the same reason that I've, that I've still never seen one is the, the, um, the overblown hype, right. on, you know, Oh, you gotta see it. You gotta, you know, you gotta watch his movies, blah, 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 blah. And I just, you know, I never did. So right. it's, uh, that's kind of like how, um, the, uh, the pop culture thing with Audrey Hepburn and breakfast at Tiffany's, I think that movie is so overrated. Um, if you're gonna watch an Audrey Hepburn movie, I got two for you: Roman Holiday with uh, Gregory Peck. Yep, fantastic movie. Yes, Academy Award winning, in my opinion, better than Breakfast at Tiffany's. And the second one is actually with Cary Grant called Charade. Yes, I saw that one more recently, like in the last two or three years and i was like why why don't why am i just now seeing this movie yeah like it was good like i really liked i i wasn't expecting it to be like so thrilling and um i really enjoyed that one um but yeah like it's so weird how audrey hepburn's legacy is wrapped around breakfast at tiffany's like her the character that is totally the opposite of like who she was because like she's just a straight up bitch in that movie <laughs> you know what you i mean know what was, though? I'm like, I, don't, I hope this doesn't take like i feel like everyone everyone like men women like everybody wanted to be like holly golightly mm-hmm. like everyone wanted to be her character yeah yeah, I guess so. That, that lavish like lifestyle, living living life to the fullest. Like everyone wanted to be that character, and I think that's why everybody, everyone found like something they liked about uh, Audrey Hepburn in that movie because it was like, this idea of like grandeur it was like that grandeur idea. Of, like I could live that life; that'd be awesome. Yeah, I feel like with with her character though, like she acted that way, but she didn't have the means to actually be that way. You know, like right because she like lived in this tiny messy apartment she had all like she had nice stuff but like she had no money yeah really and you know she had connections with the mob and things like that and you know just like um very but yeah you're i i, I agree with that like everyone uh and maybe that's why people attach to it just because it was so grandier you know yeah um but i don't know in the grand scheme of things i feel like i liked the movie more when I was older, but then as I got older and I, and I watched it, um, you know, cause I obviously wouldn't rewatch it after so many times. Cause I went through a phase. There was like a, uh, uh, back when, uh, AMC yep. used, used to the, the TV channel, they used to show actual 
old black and white films. Uh, there was this one particular like weekend. It was an Audrey Hepburn marathon. And that's when I was introduced to Audrey Hepburn. And I got I watched all these movies. Um, and of course, Breakfast at Tiffany's was one of them. Um, but yeah, just as I got older and I watched it, I'm like, man, like she I just I, I don't know, I didn't attach to it. I like I like Roman Holiday so much better. Yeah. Uh, Charade is great. Sabrina is great. There was another movie and I can't remember the name of it. Um it was on the drama side, but she played a blind woman. Oh, um, I know what you're talking about. And she was like alone in this apartment and she, there was like somebody trying to get her or she it was, was, it was like a killer in the apartment with her. Oh, there's yeah. like there's been like so many like retellings of the movie too. It's a popular. Yeah. I gotta look it up now because if I don't. Yeah, I was gonna say I should probably just I'm sure I could Google it and come up with it, but I I wanna say that was one of her movies from the sixties or seventies, probably sixties. Yeah. Because I think it was in in uh um color. So is it is it wait until dark? Probably was. I, I honestly cannot remember the title. It yep. was sorry, Audrey Hepburn is a young blind woman. Okay. That yeah, that's gotta be it. Yeah. <laughs> it's been so long since I've seen that movie that I completely forgot the title and I gotta and watch that one. I don't think I've seen that one. Like I said, it's been so long. I kinda wanna rewatch it. Um I used to love when AMC did stuff like that. Like I'm I'm a big Mel Brooks fan too. I love Mel Brooks. <laughs> of course. Next, next to next to a catch a thief is young Frankenstein. Okay. Yeah. I, that is such a great, that's probably my favorite Mel Brooks movie next to, uh, men in tights. Of course. Yeah, <laughs> I well, love men in tights. The first time I saw it was one of the, they were doing like a Mel Brooks marathon. Okay. The AMC would do these things for their, like, it's almost like a director's cut, but like while you were watching, they would blip up like factoids throughout. Oh yeah. 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 And I it remember was, that. uh, it was during, um, the young Frankenstein one when he, when Gene Wilder or, uh, Marty Feldman says to Gene Wilder, no, walk this way. The uh, blip comes up. That was where Aerosmith got the idea for walk this way. Really? I did not yeah. know that. Wow. I didn't either. It was an AMC blip that popped up. <laughs> what the hell? Like, <laughs> Marty, Feldman inspired, Marty Feldman and Mel Brooks just inspired uh, Aerosmith. That's nuts. Yeah, like you would think that would be the last thing that would inspire one of the most iconic rock songs of all time. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and of course, that's one of the most iconic films of all time, too. Yeah. Um, and I just remember reading about that movie and how um, Mel Brooks and Gene Wilder butted heads so much on yeah. making that movie. Yep, because they just had like such different ideas of how they want to do it. Where like Gene Wilder was more of like, let's do like, Frankenstein, like more of like that dry humor, and then mm -hmm. obviously Mel Brooks is like, nah, man, slapstick all the way. Yeah, he was more on the silly slapstick side. Yeah, but which Marty Feldman did so well with. I mean, he just he was amazing. I mean, the fact that he would just not take his meds and let his eyes just go freaking crazy. <laughs> that is pretty nuts. Like he actually you think years about ago, that. I was in a band called One for the Braves, and one mm -hmm. of the songs I wrote in title was called Marty Feldman and His Crazy Eyes. <laughs> that's awesome dude i have a uh i have a co-worker who's obsessed with mel brooks and gene wilder and um i always love talking to him about about you know their movies and such yeah so they work so well together because they had such different takes on humor yeah um and if i remember correctly wasn't young frankenstein wasn't that gene wilder's idea like that was his thing and then i i don't know i thought i remember reading reading or watching something about how mel brooks kind of you know or maybe it was like i said maybe it was just the fact that they didn't they but it was kind of so like, much it, it was a gene wilder idea like it was pretty much all him it's not i mean if you watch the movie mel brooks isn't even in it which is right. rare mel brooks with one of his movies um and i really think it all uh came down to he just wanted Mel Brooks's name and everything, and they were good. They were they were friends. So yeah. Mel Brooks, you know, helped them to put it together and everything. It's amazing that he is still alive. Let's see, he's oh, he's gonna be in his nineties. Yeah, he was born in nineteen twenty six. So yeah. <laughs> that's uh, that's pretty. And his incredible. wife is Miss Robinson. That's right. I forgot about that. Yeah. So he's ninety four. Yeah. God, that's nuts. 
Man, I feel like we could talk about classic movies all day. Uh, <laughs> this is awesome. For hours. <laughs> um, yeah, this is man, real talk. I don't know if you know real talk, but uh, their yeah, base they're, is, Sorry, go ahead. Their base is Patrick. Uh, Pat is also huge in the movies, so him and I are constantly going back and forth about movies. That's so cool. Yeah, it's just, it's not too often that I meet someone else around my age that has watched a lot of the same old films that I've watched. Right. And they're and they're like all into it too, you know. So I like I get all giddy, <laughs> like anytime I get all nerdy, I guess anytime I get that opportunity, you know. Well, I saw um, your post. You were in a like a community theater of a few good men, was it? Yeah. Yes, that I, is my uh, mom's favorite movie. So that's one of the ones that's gonna be hanging on our wall here soon. Okay, cool. Yeah, <laughs> I uh, I did that when I was nineteen. I got to play, uh, you know, Lieutenant Caffey, Tom Cruise. And that was so much fun. Um, and yeah, it was with a community theater group. And what, what was interesting is that when uh, at the, the start of the production, um, they had decided that they were going to omit the foul language, you know, the F-bombs and all that right. stuff. And then I can't remember what the turning point was. Because this is, you know, it's a family organization, this community theater group, just like most of them are, right? Um, I can't remember what the turning point was where they just said, you know what? Screw it. Like, you just say, you just put a disclaimer, you know, on the show that say, hey, only this age is allowed or just so you know. Like 16 up kind of deal thing yeah, like that. Yeah, just yeah. so you know, there is some you know explicit content or however you want to word it adult content in this um you know in this play so um when uh i think when we first started rehearsing it and um the uh why am i forgetting uh, jack nicholson's character man i guess it's just because it's been so long since i've done the play yeah um few good men um he was so good in that movie too that's why like it's so cool you want me on that wall you need me on yes that. right <laughs> aaron aaron sorkin is is such a good uh writer yeah um everything he's done he's written so well i mean he did the newsroom was written really well mm-hmm. west wing was written did he write west wing yes yes he did write it okay i don't know if he's just yes, he a good writer on that yeah, Jessup. Okay, Colonel Jessup. Um, so when the the guy who was playing Colonel Jessup, when we started doing rehearsals together, and we get to those scenes where, you know, he's saying, you know, the the f bombs and stuff, like it was so hard not to laugh just because yeah. it was like, and and this is coming from a guy, um, the guy who played Jessup was like a a very, um, like prominent churchgoer, you know, like. <laughs> He actually, I think he was a choir director at his church and he like was he definitely went to confession after every like, <laughs> rehearsal is what you're saying. Pretty, yeah, <laughs> pretty much. Um, but yeah, so that was, uh, that was so much fun, um, you know, to be a part of and, and to, uh, you know, be like, Oh, I get to be Tom Cruise. All right. Like when <laughs> Tom Cruise was cool, like, you know, so, um, so yeah, that's that's another movie that's definitely a classic for sure. Yeah, man. Um, let's talk about. Um, I I noticed. I think it was on Instagram today. I noticed you guys. Uh, what makes sense? Um, posted about you have something new like coming up here soon. We do. Uh, we haven't Is that really as far as it goes? <laughs> uh, we not really. We haven't really talked. We do. We will in the next, let's say, month have some something new coming for everybody to check out. Okay, cool. You know, I don't want to give too much away because then I'll get a, I'll get a, I'll get an email of like, hey man, we weren't ready. <laughs> it wasn't the time. <laughs> I get a notice from from Eric. Yeah, uh, yeah. He's gonna call me. Be like, bro. Why did you let him say that? <laughs> I hear the chip, the chip they implanted in my head that goes off when I'm about to say something stupid is going off right now. So right, <laughs> yeah, you got microchipped when you got the vaccine, right? That's a isn't, yeah. isn't that the? <laughs> that's what they're saying at least. Yeah, that's what they're saying. I just as uh, I say to all of them, 
I'm not that interesting. <laughs> oh God. Well, um, yeah, I don't know. Um, so I know I realize there's not much you can tell us about that. Um, but I mean, Groundhog Day is a great song. I love it. It gets hooked in my head all the time. Um, I, uh, I'm just looking forward to, to new material. So my man, I'm very excited. We, uh, this is, I can't say we, we did go to the studio back in, uh, um, January we did, we did four new ones. Plus we had another one that we had recorded a while ago. So there will be new music rather soon. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm very, very excited for it. Cause I think it's all, I think it's all really in that same vein. It's very fun, very energetic, very, uh, very catchy. And I think, uh, I think people are really going to like it. I'm really excited to get it out for everybody. I'm sure they will, man. And uh, I hope for more movie-inspired songs. (laughs) You shall see. (laughs) They're my favorite. Um, There's, I I know the titles of pretty much all of them, and you'll be happy. Yeah. Okay. Cool. There's some uh, some Audrey Hepburn songs (laughs) in there. No, no, no Audrey Hepburns, but. There is there is some Grace Kelly. Okay. Yeah, All right. Dude, Grace Kelly was a man, she was gorgeous and she was Love Grace Kelly. Such a great actress. Man. Now I'm gonna have to go watch a Grace Kelly movie. Catch <laughs> yeah, to catch the thief. There you go. Yeah. I mean it makes sense. You got the poster on your wall. Yeah. You know? So and a uh, rear window, another classic Hitchcock film. Classic Hitchcock film, classic Grace Kelly film. Yeah, James Stewart. James Stewart was fantastic in that. Uh, it was crazy. Like movie. it was crazy how many Hitchcock movies that James Stewart was in. I think him and Cary Grant did the most. Probably, and and Grace Kelly would probably be in there too. Yeah, she did she two did or two. three. She did two or three. Cary Grant did three, and I think James Stewart did three, four, three or four. Let's no, see. Did, yeah, I think he only did three. Let's Google it's it. Cary Grant did Suspicion, <laughs> North by Northwest, and To Catch a Thief. And then uh, Vertigo and uh, Rear Window, James Stewart. Oh, wow. There's a lot here. Yeah, there's a lot of Hitchcock movies. <laughs> he did. Um, it's funny. When I started typing how many Hitchcock movies was James Stewart in, like it like popped up right away. Like this has been, <laughs> this has been a question uh, that a lot of people have asked. It looks like four. Yeah. That's what I, I knew. He, yeah. He wasn't the most. Yeah. So rear window vertigo, the man who knew too much and rope. Yeah. Rear, the man who knew too much and rope. I haven't seen. I started to watch rope and I don't know if it's just like a slow movie, but I ended up not, I ended up turning it off. Maybe it was just the certain mood I was in at the time, but it was just... You have to be, like a good mood. Like you have to be in the right mood. Like, I love old movies. You have to be in the right mood to watch when you enjoy them. Yeah. I'm and, sure... Uh, Hitchcock's sure. definitely a hard one, too, because he can either be, like, super slow or, like, really good off the bat. Right, which is kind of like Vertigo, you know? Vertigo, I was... I was kind of disappointed the first time I saw it. Um, but then when I, like, watched it again, I was like, okay, I... I like this better. Well, there's like that one scene where there's like, it's almost like 10 minutes and there's not a single bit of dialogue. You're just following somebody, but it's so well shot that it's cool. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. It's just like with vertigo, it's like the whole movie. You're like waiting for that, you know, that, that punchline or that, you know, that thing. And it's, you almost feel like it never comes. Even when it comes to the end of the movie, you're like, Oh, you know so i don't know like that's kind of how i felt about it when i first saw it i think part of that movie too is like and i was talking about this with um somebody recently i think i was on another i was on another podcast or somebody, i was talking with somebody we were talking about wandavision and how they use confusion as like a big part of how the show plays out and i feel like vertigo is doing kind of that same deal because like the name vertigo is, you know the swirl mm-hmm. and every everybody everybody i think was just you were supposed to be confused like everyone was supposed to be confused yeah yeah, I think this I idea think of like watch it more than once. They uh the makers of WandaVision probably watched a lot of Vertigo growing up. <laughs> <laughs> they watched a lot of television for sure. Yeah. <laughs> All right, man. Well, this has been a lot of fun. Um 
anything else about what makes sense? I know like we didn't talk too much about, you know, pop punk and stuff, but I mean, it's just, uh, I hope, uh, I hope everyone enjoyed our, our classic movie chat, you know? Yeah. Our pop punk and movies now. <laughs> pop punk and podcast, movies man. now. <laughs> uh, just keep an eye out on our socials. You can look us up on, uh, Facebook and Instagram at WMSNY on Twitter at WMSNY1. Couldn't get, couldn't get the, you know, how to be the one there. And then yeah. we also have a TikTok too, which is what makes sense and why. Aaron, Aaron's uh, been doing some TikToks. We've been, we've been growing on there. All the rest of us, you know, we'll, we'll go on stage, say stupid things, maybe take our pants off, but we're TikTok. <laughs> we haven't cracked yet. And, uh, <laughs> But yeah, we have a lot. We have a lot in the works and a lot going, and um, I'm really excited to uh, get some new stuff out and hopefully soon here get back to seeing some shiny faces at shows. Yeah, yeah, I hope so. Yeah, we uh, we all are keeping our fingers crossed for for that day. Yeah. So, all right, man. Well, Radom, this was this was a lot of fun. I hope you enjoyed yourself. I did, and I'm very happy to be here. Yeah, and and thank you again for letting me come onto your podcast. So, anytime. We'll have to get you on next time. We'll have Aaron on too. We'll, we'll give you the, yeah. We'll give you the I know. Today. I'm I'm bummed that uh, we couldn't uh, have Aaron in on this conversation or or that conversation. But uh, be sure to tell him I said hello. And yeah, you know, we probably. I mean, some people might be familiar with. We we should probably talk about that real quick. But uh, what makes sense has a podcast, and it's called uh, Nonsense. Um, and you pretty much just have different, kind of like how this podcast is. It's it's different people from the scene, uh, mostly other uh, bands or members from other bands. But it's it's cool hearing it from like a band to band perspective, you know. And unlike with me, like I'm not currently in a original pop punk band. So like with you and Aaron being the hosts and having other pop punk bands on and you're in a pop punk band yourself is just kind of a different um a different chemistry i guess yeah it's it's fun because we get on you know especially sometimes too like a lot of the bands are bands we've met and played with or known for a while but then we've also turned around too and we've reached out some bigger bands that we don't truly know like uh uh we we've had we had in our own words young culture rarity uh, one of our, one of our hometown heroes is, uh, with the punches. We had them on we had a great conversation with them. We had Jeff Todd from I call fives on recently. And then we turned around and I did some of my you know, friends. We had a this band called say what you will from Connecticut, who everybody should go check out. Awesome. Awesome band. Um, our, our friends are real talk. have been on a few times. Uh, the guys in goalkeeper, fantastic humans, fantastic. Yes. band. I agree. And, uh, it's 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 fun because we've got to connect with bands and stay connected with our friends and meet new friends without going out and playing shows, which has been damn near impossible to do. And all of this grew from a, a more or less hold my beer kind of situation where <laughs> Aaron just sent a group text to the to the band and does anybody want to do a podcast? And I was like, yeah, all right. And we did a podcast that night, and that was that was episode one of nonsense. So <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> I'm glad I'm glad you guys started doing that. It's it's a great idea for a band and I've I saw uh like one or two bands do it before the pandemic and then I saw more do it like after the pandemic hit and I was like yeah. I think I think it's a great idea. It it's just another kind of way to market or promote yourselves, I guess. Uh kind of give fans more of a behind the scenes bird eye view and it just depends on what you're doing with your podcast because there's different ways you can go about it you know so but uh, i like i like the way nonsense does it i think that's really cool thanks man i'm glad yeah. to hear that i like the way yeah. pop punk pizza does it <laughs> thanks man thank you very much i, I appreciate that oh yeah <laughs> all right man well you have a great rest of the day yeah man you too
Big thank you once again to Radham of What Makes Sense. Thank you so much for being on the podcast today. I had a lot of fun uh, geeking out with you over old classic uh, Hollywood movies. That was a lot of fun. Now, you can find Groundhog Day, which is What Makes Sense, their latest single. You can find it on all streaming platforms. And as Radham said, they're going to have some new music coming out soon, which I cannot wait to hear. Groundhog Day will get stuck in your head in the meantime, though, right away. So make sure uh, you give it a listen and you watch the music video on YouTube as well. That's uh, that's going to be it for this episode. I'm Jacques Lamore, and uh, let's not forget our sponsor today is the Dave Gomez Benefit Compilation. Now, Dave Gomez is a veteran to the Chicago pop punk scene. He's currently battling cancer, so a bunch of different uh, area Chicago bands came together, decided to cover bunch of a bunch of dave's favorite songs and put it out on a compilation now included on this comp are get by till morning guardrail counter theory uh true neely and so many others including tim rogner of alistair playing an acoustic version of alistair's song race cars I met this girl the other day Sitting alone on the Wednesday train I said, what's wrong? You look so sad She said she's got something inside That she's not willing to confide So I said, can I give some free advice? Worry about your problems now, baby Cause it just don't matter when it comes down to the fact Everybody's got problems now, baby And life's too short to keep them bottled up inside Cause I know that life is like a race car Speeding down this one-way street That'll go like heaven down this one-way street Cause I know that everything will be fine I met this guy the other day Sitting alone on the Sunday train Dressed up with nowhere left to go said if there's one thing that I've learned Through all these cigarettes i burned you got to stop and look around He said the hindsight's clearer than a crystal ball If he had the chance he would stop and do it all over again So when you're waiting for the sound of the gavel You don't want it to end with a fistful of regrets Inside Cause I know That life is like a race car Speeding down this one way street That'll go Anywhere that feels like heaven Down this one way street Cause I know That everything Will be fine I know when life feels like a race car speeding down this one-way street That'll go anywhere that feels like heaven down this one-way street Cause I know when life feels like a race car speeding down this one-way street That'll go anywhere that feels like heaven down this one-way street Cause I know Everything will be fine. Race Cars by Tim Rogner of Alistair. One of the many great songs you will find on the Dave Gomez Benefit Comp. It's available now at davegomezbenefitcomp.bandcamp.com. You can buy a digital version of it or actually a physical CD version as well. And all the proceeds from the sales will go to Dave Gomez and his fight against cancer. So please show him some support by going to davegomezbenefitcomp.bandcamp.com.
Com. I'm Jacques Lamore. Thank you so much for celebrating being alive with me here on this episode of Pop Punk and Pizza. If you want to catch up on previous episodes, you can do so by following or subscribing to us on your favorite podcast app and also leaving us a positive rating and review if you can. You can also catch up on previous episodes at poppunkpizzapod.com along with merch. You can submit your band's music there. You can also sign up for our mailing list and find out how you can be a sponsor of Pop Punk and Pizza as well. So all of that fun stuff at poppunkpizzapod.com. Now the next episode coming your way is going to be this Tuesday, March 30th, and we're talking to Alfie Roberts of UK-based pop punk emo band Vampire Money. They just released a brand new EP called Outcast Club. And so we're going to dive into that and so many other things. So that'll be coming your way Tuesday, March 30th. And uh, speaking of things coming your way, don't forget tomorrow, March 26th, a big announcement about uh, changes coming to Pop Punk and Pizza. Uh, make sure you follow us on social media to find out what that uh, announcement is going to be about. Um, our Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram can be found at all the same place, Pop Punk Pizza Pod. And I look forward to sharing this exciting news with you. So uh, have a great weekend, and I will talk to you on Tuesday, March 30th. Hey, hello, it's nice to meet you. Hey, come in and have a slice of pizza. Hey, hello, it's nice.